4: Hi, welcome into At The Window on the Sports Grid TV Network. I am Sean Guasamacca. Drew Martin will join us in just a couple of minutes. But first, uh, I want to begin with awesome prayers to Kobe Bryant and the other victims of the helicopter crash. And with that, we begin At The Window here on a somber Monday with the news breaking yesterday, heartbreaking of Kobe Bryant losing his life at just 41 years old his daughter's 13 year old daughter, Gianna, as well, and other victims, and uh, seven other exactly to be precise. And uh, we have to honor them as well. And the thoughts and prayers go out to their families as well. But uh, Drew Martin, I welcome you in here. Um, really, I'm horrifying news to hear um, not only Kobe, but the lives of seven others and his daughter, Gianna. Just heartbreaking. Uh, when I heard the news, I didn't believe it. I, TMZ reported it, but it was a hoax. Um, but then as uh, more information came out, it was true. Kobe's gone um, and just just horrifying. Uh, what did you think when, when it came down uh, and you heard that Kobe has lost his life? Yeah, welcome
1: in there uh, to everybody watching. And you're right, a little bit of somber, a lot of a bit of a somber Monday here, Sean. And uh, you know, I was watching the the golf match apps, uh, actually, and they just did you know a little breaking news of of what happened. And like you, I I really didn't believe it. Um, too young, I believe, just 41 years old. It's uh, you know a, a stark reminder of uh, life is delicate and uh, live each day for for what it is. And Kobe, a great competitor. Um, uh, one of the best competitors of my lifetime, let, let let's face it, Sean, of, of our lifetime here, one of the great NBA stars. Um, And it, it's just a sad, sad weekend overall, you know, in, in the way Kobe had to uh, deal with some things in his life. And I always kind of looked up from not, you know, it's, it's, it's some things that he did off the court, it is what it is, but he always handled them very well and, and with class. And I always respected that about him. And always respected the competitive nature that he has and the uh, will to win so uh you're right a somber Monday here but uh you know we got to move on man uh, absolutely we'll, we'll, yeah
4: uh, I just the first thing I thought of when I heard the news and it was confirmed that Kobe had passed uh, was his daughter I thought of his 13 year old daughter Gianna too uh, now the reports were originally that she was not involved in the crash at least that's what we thought and I, I that's the first image that came to my mind was of Kobe and his daughter uh, sideline at a, a game like two weeks ago. And, and Kobe was, uh, you know, explaining to her like the nuances of basketball. And she had to, uh, you know, make her smile. And and that's what I thought of like, oh, my God. Like she has to grow up now without her father and without Kobe Bryant. And then to learn thereafter that she was involved in the crash and she lost her life as well. Just heartbreaking. And then you think of Vanessa, Kobe's wife and, and the, the three other daughters that have to grow up now without their older sister or, or in, in one case, younger sister and their father. It's just – it's, it, it really sucks. And just um, – you know, you think of the basketball player, of course, but then you think of the family, and it's just – it gets worse and, and, and really sad and tragic. And, um, you know, the last tweet that he had, I mean, with LeBron James passing him um, for third all-time on the NBA scoring list. And just to think of his last tweet, we have it, we could put that up, Kobe Bryant's last tweet, paying respects to um, LeBron James. And, and that's what I thought of second. That's the second thing I thought of after, after the image of, of his daughter Gianna um, and, and the fact that, I mean, this happened right after, you know, LeBron James passed him, Kobe Bryant, on the scoring list Saturday night in Philadelphia. And then you see that tweet and then just – less than 12 hours later, his life is over. I mean, it's just, it's really tragic and, and, and heartbreaking and, uh, you know, we have to move on and, and, you know, and, and everything and try to be uplifting here. But uh, just uh, my initial thoughts just were uh, of those two things. Uh, Drew, what did you think of after yeah. you initially heard it? Yeah.
1: yeah, you're right. I mean, um, I, the, the first thought that came to my mind was not him as a basketball player. It was him and his family. And uh, you're right. I mean, uh, just a young daughter, is uh, obviously gone way too soon. Uh, his wife, Vanessa, everything that she's had to deal with in her life and, and sticking by his side. And now, you know, she lo- not only loses her husband, but loses her daughter. Just a, uh, a really sad, somber moment. So um, really no words that uh, that, that I'm going to be, be able to say to, to, to make right. it better. Yeah. I, I, I would actually, you, you know, at the top of my mind here, Sean, going back to in something that, you know, I know he wouldn't want to relive, but the moments where the off the court issues happened with him and he was having to travel back to Colorado and then back to LA. And and ultimately it was not um, truthful from the, or at least to, to to my knowledge, from the person accusing him of things. And still he had to live through that of what uh, uh, probably other men out there, you know, many have done, but he always held his head high and it looked like, he always held his family in very, very high regard after that moment. And I, I, I always respect him for that, too. So that's another thing that kind of came to my mind of, uh, you know, h- how people can kind of bounce back in life and, and really become a good role model off after making, you know, a, a mistake in your life. And I always respected him for that, Sean.
4: I thought of Kyrie Irving, too, um, a little bit later um, when the Nets was scheduled to play the Knicks and there was a chance the NBA would, would cancel all of the games uh, on Sunday, uh, I thought of Kyrie because I knew, you know, Kyrie was close to Kobe. At least they had a relationship. And I was thinking, like, how is he going to react to this news playing a basketball game? And how he reacted? He left the arena and he decided he did not want to play. And that, to me, was fantastic to to, to watch and, and to, to hear about because there's different ways to mourn, right, and to grieve. There's not just one way. Like, there's no one right way to mourn and to grieve when someone passes away. Uh, We know that Brett Favre, when he heard his father had passed, he played on Monday Night Football, played spectacularly. Um, But that's not, you know, like, every, just, you know, you don't have to play. You know what I mean? Like, and I I think it's great that other people, uh, now Kyrie uh, elected not to play with the passing of his good friend Kobe Bryant. Like, I think there should be um, different. Ways that you can mourn and grieve the passing of of, of a close one, a family member, or in this case, a a good friend in Kyrie Irving. So I was glad that, like, he took that step because, you know, sometimes there's too much pressure on people. Oh, look, this is the way they would have wanted me to to go on, right, to play, to pay their respects. But there's different ways to pay respects, and, and Kyrie paid his respect by not playing.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, could, I couldn't agree with you more, Sean, in terms of not everybody should be held to one standard. People react to things differently. And, uh, yeah, uh, it, it should be open to deal with it how each individual wants to, Sean.
4: All right, Drew, uh, we'll talk more about Kobe Bryant remembering the basketball player next here on At the Window. There's also some business to get to as far as sports gambling is concerned. We'll get to that as well right here on the Sports Grid TV Network. Stay tuned. Welcome back to At The Window on the Sports Great TV Network. Check us out, Pluto TV, Channel 517, Stir, and Zumo TV as well. I am Sean Guasamaki here in Midtown Manhattan. Drew Morton with me as well. He is on Twitter, at Drew Morton Betts. Looks like you're in what? Florida, right? I want, if I had to guess, Florida instead of Vegas. I don't know. You're always uh, changing scenes, so uh, I want to get that right, Drew. Where are you today?
1: Yeah, uh, cross country flight tomorrow, Sean. High so now I'm here, uh, site of the Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, not s- too far from where I am right now, about ten miles away. So yeah, cannot wait, South Florida man.
4: Cannot wait for that. But uh but before we get into Super Bowl fifty-four and the latest uh, with uh, the betting, as far as the line is concerned, hasn't moved much. Although the uh, total is up to what fifty-four and a half. If you're on FanDuel Sportsbook, it was what fifty-three a few days ago, but uh, we'll see where that stands. We'll get your thoughts on the line if it, it will move any more uh, between now and Super Bowl Sunday. But, Drew, what's your lasting basketball memory, basketball memory of Kobe Bryant? To me, has to be the 81-point game against the, the Raptors, what, 06? Uh, incredible. I, I did not watch the game, but I was watching ESPN News. Remember ESPN News back in the day? And it, it came up breaking news, like 81 points, Kobe Bryant. I was like, oh, my God. I didn't think it was possible for a basketball player to score that many points. Now, Devin Booker scored 70, and I think David Robinson's chipped in. He had 73 in the last day of the regular season doing the scoring title. So, And, and if you think about it, it's not much, right, eight points, but 81 points in a basketball game, right, where there was no scoring title on the line, I was just amazed. I I didn't think anyone could come that close to the 100 points that Will Chamberlain scored way back in the day, but 81 is my lasting memory of Kobe Bryant. Like, the the one thing that stands out the most to me, even more than the titles, even more than the, what, 61-point game at Madison Square Garden, even more than the 60-point game, the last game of of his career, Um, that's the one that sticks out to me as one of the greatest achievements of his basketball career.
1: Yeah, it's tough to top that one. I mean, going north of eighty points. Uh, I definitely remember that seeing uh seeing the ticker go to go across that. I guess uh just to add to something, I you know, I always remember, you know, Shaq and Kobe. There were songs about it. And in his first time there with the Lakers, uh being right next next to uh Shaquille O'Neal. That was a big, big part just those all those years. But you're right, like the titles they get kind of mixed up it's not like one stands out other than the other when he crosses over goes to his right hits that jumper and then you know he's got the fist pump and everybody gets him at the the half court that that one comes to mind as well also um you know some things that that, that also come to to my mind with kobe bryant one is i you know a couple years ago right before i moved to costa rica i i was really studying spanish hard and wanting to become fluent it's it, He he spoke Spanish as well, and I always remember seeing videos of of prominent Americans speaking Spanish and trying to learn like they would, and that's another thing that kind of pops off of my head, how talented he was as as a human being overall. It wasn't just basketball.
4: It's funny, too. A lot of memories of Kobe Bryant when he was younger, Drew, when he was coming out of high school, Lower Marion High School there uh, outside of Philadelphia, making the jump. Drafted by the Hornets, traded to the uh, Lakers, 13th pick overall. And just the amount of pressure that was on Kobe Bryant. And I'll be honest, I was rooting against him. I was not a Kobe Bryant fan. I, I like the Knicks, Knicks fan, but in the West, I was a Jazz fan. John Stockton, Carl Malone. And that at that time, with Shaq and Kobe, they were rivals. Utah Jazz were the upper echelon. They were the team to beat there in the Western Conference. And here you have this upstart Laker team. With Shaquille O'Neal, Eddie Jones was the starting two guard, if people don't remember, um, when Kobe Bryant was there, first two years in the league. And he actually made the all-star team, Kobe Bryant did, ahead of Eddie Jones, uh, even though Kobe didn't start. He was a sixth man coming off the bench his second year, he was so popular with the fans. And I remember a playoff game where Kobe threw up air ball after air ball after air ball. He was young in his career. Um, and I was, uh, you know, I was happy at, at that moment because I was such a big Utah Jazz fan and so much hype with Shaq and Shaq was so dominant. And then, you know, obviously years uh, passed. You, you remember that dunk, that pass against Scottie Pippen and the, the pass to um, Shaquille O'Neal. They came back from that big deficit against the Portland Trailblazers. It made the finals for the first time, won three consecutive NBA championships. And his legacy was complete when he won those two without Shaq with Paul Gasol. Uh, Andrew Bynum was on that team, right? Um, just incredible, uh, to his legacy to win those two titles without Shaq and with player other Paul Gasol is going to be a, a, an NBA hall of famer, but not elite players, right? The, the elite players that we think of these days, right? It takes at least two or three players to win an NBA championship. So that to me cemented his legacy as one of the greatest players of all time. Top 10, uh, off the top of my head, top 10, but if you want to argue top 15, fine, I'm not going to argue with you, but greatest player, one of the greatest players of all time, indeed.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And I'm not a, an NBA aficionado by any means, but he's definitely top 10 in my list Heck, maybe even top five. But, uh, uh, you know, talking about Colby and and you first saying like, you weren't a fan of him, Sean, I can kind of resonate with that. You know, when he first came on the scene, uh, he, he kind of rubbed me a little bit of the wrong way. Uh, but but as it kind of grew on and his career went on, I I started to root for him a little bit more, I found myself. And then uh, going back to the times he struggled off the court, um, you know, seeing how he handled that, I really started to become a a Kobe fan and and, and respect him after that, because I I feel like a little bit more humility came into uh, him personally, uh, being Kobe Bryant. And uh, I really respected him for that. And then um, overall, the, the family man that he became, is uh, something right. that I think uh, a lot of us can can kind of learn from and, and strive to be in our lives. So uh, I, I, res- I, I, I agree with you. You know, at first I didn't like him. Then I, yep. he kind of grew on me. And uh, Kobe Bryant, I, I did become a fan by the time his career ended.
4: No denying his skills on the basketball court, one of the greatest of all time, as we mentioned, Drew, in a lot of comparisons to Michael Jordan. In my book, The Greatest Player of All Time, and Michael Jordan was shook up. I mean, as you would expect, and his statement, and we have it. We could we could put that up, that graphic of Michael Jordan, and uh, it, it's just really he's in shock. As, as he says, I am in shock over the tragic news of Kobe's and Gianna's passing. Words cannot describe the pain I'm feeling. I loved Kobe. He was like a little brother to me, and he goes on to talk about uh, how important he was uh, as a family man. And, and it, it's just... Heart-wrenching to think of just Kobe Bryant, just 41 years old, is gone already. Has not, you know, he was going to be inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame later this summer. He, he didn't even get to witness and to experience that. And you know, sadly, w- the whole world is at a loss. Of course, family first and foremost. But uh, I would have loved to hear some basketball stories from Kobe on the dais as he accepts. You know, the invitation to the Basketball Hall of Fame later this summer. Um, And sadly, we'll, you know, amongst a a lot of more important things, but we'll never get to experience that. So uh, really, uh, just just an awful day yesterday. And my question to you is right here, Drew. Do you agree with Adam Silver, NBA commissioner's decision to play basketball games yesterday after this news
5: broke?
1: Um, I, I did tell you the truth. I haven't really thought about it too much. So, uh, not sure if I'm ready to kind of like answer that intelligently, but off the top of my head. Yeah. I, I'm okay I'm with okay it. With too. It. Yeah.
4: I'm okay with it. I'm okay with them going on. I mean, at the time they, they found out the news and confirmed the news. Most of the people, uh, the Denver Nuggets, San Antonio Spurs game was about to start. I'm just trying. The, the first game was at 3 PM Eastern time yesterday. Um, So people were were already in transit. I'm I'm sure they were thinking about that, but um, I'm okay with it. I I know some people are are really upset that the NBA decided to put players in that position to play, uh, you know, a a basketball game. I mean, you're thinking about life or death here. I mean, a basketball game is not that important, but first game was Houston at Denver. That was the first one that tipped off yesterday. Um, And and, and you can see the emotion in everybody. Yeah, go go ahead. Go ahead.
1: No, no, Now that I have a second to think of it, absolutely I'm okay with it. Because if one player wanted to sit out, you know, this, this is the NBA basketball regular season, let's be honest. It's not the most, oh my gosh, you had to win one single game and it makes the season or ends the season. So if one player wanted to sit out, uh that would have been okay. I wouldn't have held anything against that one single player, but you're right. I mean, for the fans, the people that work at the, you know, all of that, if you're in transit to go to the game and then you hear all the games are canceled, you know, it kind of causes a big disruption in people's lives. So no, I think he made the right decision.
4: All right. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, Gianna Bryant, and the rest of the victims in that um, helicopter crash outside of Los Angeles. When we return, we'll get to some uh, sports wagering. I promise I want to get Drew's take on the college basketball card tonight. That's up next here on At the Window on the
3: SportsGrade TV Network.
2: Terms and conditions apply. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure
5: by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required.
0: Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
3: I'm trying to get crazy with this thing. Don't you know I'm local? <laughs>
4: Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you will receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com grade grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports and you are definitely in control. Go to FanDuel.com grade grid, open your new account, and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, New Jersey only, eligibility eligibility restrictions apply, to the website for details. And welcome back in to At the Window on the Sports grade TV Network. I am Sean Guasamaki, Drew Martin, he is in Florida, he joins me as well, as always, and Drew, I want to get your thoughts on the college basketball slate. I mean, uh, me first here, uh, Wisconsin at Iowa, Iowa's favored by six points tonight, and Coming off a a really a gritty win, and I can't believe I'm saying this, Drew, a gritty win at home against Rutgers, 85-80. Yeah, Rutgers. I mean that Rutgers team, that that school, um, will make the tournament this year, ranked for the first time since what in 41 years, I think it is. Um, And Luke Garza is a beast down low. We talk about him all the time. All American candidate, 28 points against Rutgers. I mean, he had a 40 point game against Michigan earlier this year, can shoot from the outside, dominates on the inside, seven-footer. He's a tough guard. Uh, Does Wisconsin have an answer for Luke Garza tonight when Iowa um, takes on the Badgers and their six-point favorites? Total, Drew, is 135. Uh, What are your thoughts on Iowa-Wisconsin tonight?
1: I like the Hawkeyes here, Sean. I mean, I don't think it's anything, you know, people aren't expecting. You're right. I mean, Luke Garza, what he's been able to do this year has been pretty impressive. You're talking about a Hawkeyes team, one of the most efficient offenses in college basketball. Not a bad defense either. They're going to push it. I think Wisconsin's going to be up against it, especially because this game, is in Iowa City and Frick Fran McCaffrey has his team playing very, very well, especially at home. Wisconsin, nothing to shake your head at. A solid team in their own right. They've lost two of their last three, you know, in Big Ten play against the better teams, like you mentioned, against Rutgers. They did drop that one. They lost to Illinois, Michigan State, Purdue as well. I mean, that's a solid resume in terms of losses, but still, now you're having to go against another solid team here in the Big Ten. Um, if they can get it done at the defensive end, which, you know, defensively they're a strong team, I, I, they, they got a shot. But um, I just think it's a little bit too much to ask here. In Iowa, at home, it's just not something I'm interested in going against. You know what yep. I mean? This year in college basketball, it's just been a tough go against. And when you're getting the more talented team at home, and I'll add on the fact, and this is kind of the cherry on the cake that's going to keep me on Iowa or pass, it's free throw percentage, 74% for the Hawkeyes. So if it comes down to a foul fest, Iowa knocks down their free throws. That's what makes me looking at the Hawkeyes here, Sean.
4: All right, Drew, let's move on. Number three, Kansas. Is it Kansas or pass tonight? They're laying seven points at Oklahoma State, 136 and a half. The total Kansas, of course, uh, led by Dotson, a great uh, perimeter shooter. Uh, Look, they're loaded this year. No D'Souza. He's going to miss the next, what, 11 games now because he elected to pick up a chair and attempted to throw it at a Kansas State player, so he's out. Uh, so they have to deal with some suspensions, Kansas does. But going up against an Oklahoma State team that got off the snide, they beat AM, snapping a six-game losing streak. Uh, do you see any chance for Oklahoma State tonight, plus seven points, hosting the Jayhawks?
1: Well, and that's the thing. It's in Stillwater. So, you know, with college basketball, what we've seen here, not really looking to lay a lot of points on the road. However, Oklahoma State, can they get it done? You know, talent-wise, they're going to be up against it tonight against this Kansas squad. But you're right. I mean, Kansas, if you're wanting to play Kansas, now is the time. They got the suspensions, um, you know, just last game against Tennessee. They did win the game, but they didn't really dominate. So with the talent that they're missing due to the fight, picking up a chair, I, I believe more than one guy is suspended for tonight. Yep. But um, either way, like, like you talked about, um, the, the big boy down low, him not being a part of the offense as well is something I'm looking to work into this handicap. wise. I'm not involved as of right now, Sean. But I'll tell you this, totals-wise, it has me thinking Kansas the Jayhawks are going to look to push it a little bit more. They had 66 possessions against Tennessee last game out. That was the first game with all of the suspensions. Tennessee is a very slow team. They don't push it at all. They, they really look to kind of play out their offense. So seeing that, and, and it's, a, it's a concept I try to bring into my handicapping, Sean, when a center that's really part of the offense or a power forward down low, it takes time to feed them the ball and then maybe push it back out to three. So when that happens, when those guys are out, I don't always think it hurts the offense as much as it hurts the defense. That has me looking towards the over here tonight in Stillwater.
4: All right, just one more I want to get your thoughts on before I throw the floor and give you the floor on uh, the rest of the college basketball slate. UNC, not a, all right, not a really sexy game, but UNC at – North Carolina State, we know uh, the Tar Heels have had their problems this season. Co- uh, Cole Anthony, questionable. Uh, the latest I'm reading, he's not expected to play tonight, but that could change, so keep an eye on that. The uh, stud, son of Greg Anthony, uh, best player on, on the Tar Heels, has missed well, most of the month, um, most of the past two months due to injury. We'll see if he returns, but the uh, Wolfpack, six-point favorites at home tonight, 147-and-a-half. They were contending for the ACC there, Drew, up until that bad loss over the weekend at Georgia Tech. They're five and four in the ACC. They're battling with um, Virginia Tech and Virginia for the fourth spot behind the Orange, Blue Devils, Seminoles, and Louisville Cardinals. Uh, Fourteen and six overall, so they have tournament aspirations. Tar Heels, we know the story: two and six in the conference, nine and ten overall, despite. Uh, a one-game winning streak there. How about tonight? Yeah, you uh, looking at this game at at all? Uh, Six-point favorites, the Wolfpack against the Tar Heels, one forty-seven and a half to total.
1: Yeah, it's, it's UNC is a fascinating handicap in them so it Just kind of working with Cole Anthony—is he going to play? Is he not? That that makes it a t- difficult handicap in itself. And then when he does play, how effective is he going to be? Um, you know, it's kind of like a one-man show when he was on the court. And in them without him, they're obviously hurting. They weren't all that great with him. Uh, this is a UNC team. You know, Roy Williams, you could make it an argument it's his least talented team that he's ever had. And they're likely not going to make the tournament, which is kind of fascinating, talking about a UNC team, not in March Madness. However, they do play in the ACC. They're going to have games where if they they're able to win it's going to kind of really propel them up in the ranking so i'm not ready to say they are for sure out of march madness but obviously they have some work in front of them and they're going to have to knock off some of the big boys in front of them which is a big ask i just think nc state tonight is the better team yeah and the fact that they're at home um i'm not looking to be betting on unc it's the Wolfpacker pass it's a game that I haven't bet as of right now. Also keep in mind the Wolfpack at, at times have struggled on the free throw line. Uh, offensively, very, very efficient. Defensively, sometimes they have lapses. So I could see UNC having some success. We just saw it, what, the last game, you know, against Georgia Tech. Granted, it was in Atlanta. They lost. They only have one day to recoup here. Now they're back at home playing UNC. It's just kind of scheduling spot. It's a little bit tricky. I haven't bet it yet, Sean.
4: All right, Drew, for the Monday night, you know, it's Big Monday, and I know that ESPN's made the decision to play, replay the final game of Kobe Bryant's career. That's going to be on ESPN, so they're shifting Big Monday over to ESPN 2 tonight. But uh, Villanova at St. John's, that's an intriguing game. We also have Florida State at Virginia as well. well. What are some of the other games you're looking at tonight on the college basketball card?
1: Man, talk about Florida State versus Virginia. You know, these two teams... Uh, I believe that's going off tomorrow, but um, that's that, Tuesday. That's a game You're right. That I do... That's
4: Tuesday. You're right.
1: Yeah, that's a game that I have circled. Um, it's going to be a very, you know, contested game in terms of uh, winner- loser here with the defending champions against the uh, talented Florida State Seminoles. On tonight's card, um, I, I don't really have much more action. You know, that Kansas uh, Oklahoma State game. Really intrigued by that one. Uh, we, we hit on the three big boys i mean what southern utah versus idaho you know the vandals playing up there in idaho kind of worth <laughs> yeah. a look maybe plus eight i don't I, know what, where we should go with this card tonight yeah you know, no. big monday yeah. isn't as big as it used to be no, for some it's reason not. john i, I don't yeah. know why
4: i guess you have yeah you're right you have wisconsin at iowa that's uh, intriguing i guess From a big 10 perspective i mean kansas oklahoma state you have them a three team but You're right. Now, not a lot going on tonight in college basketball, and uh, let's talk about this. Then, when you look at the landscape and you look at Final Four, if you're trying to project teams to make the Final Four, and it all depends on the bracket and where it falls and matchups, it makes a big difference, right? But when you're looking at at the AP Top 25, how many teams do you give a fair chance a fair chance to make the Final Four out of the Top 25 right now? Eight to 10? Is it it that large uh, of you know, teams that are uh, contending for a final four slot? Is it as small as maybe four to six teams? What do you think, Drew? How many teams do you give a chance to make the final four?
1: Make the final four right now. Legit. Um, I, this is, I, I almost feel like you're you're going to be very surprised by my answer here. I'm gonna go all 25. I'll go 25. All 25 teams have a chance to make the Final Four. I think this year, more than any year I can remember, is as wide open. A, a sport that I can remember. I mean, you start at the top with Baylor. What they were able to do in Gainesville. I think that they're a top notch team. And then what the, the 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 rankings I'm reading right now. Rutgers. What we were just talking about. Big Ten Conference. Uh, solid teams sitting at 15 and 5. I think Rutgers themselves sitting at 25 has a shot to make the Final Four. So uh, I'll say all 25 have a legitimate I, shot at a Final Four run, man.
4: I like the answer. I don't, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. It's so wide open this year. There's no dominant team. Baylor's number one. They could easily be beaten. Uh, Gonzaga. They were beaten by Michigan of all teams. And we, we we see now that Michigan, not that good. I I don't think Michigan's making the NCAA tournament. I just don't. I don't think they're they're talented enough. This season, they beat Gonzaga. So, uh Drew, I don't disagree with your answer right there. Uh It's really that yeah, wide
1: man. Let's hit on it on the other side as well. We got more CBB and uh plus Super Bowl stuff, man.
4: All right, we'll hit on that. Stay tuned. At the window returns.
0: Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
4: Welcome back to At the Window on the Sports Grid TV Network. I am Sean Guasamaki here in Midtown Manhattan on Twitter at underscore Sean G. Drew Martin on Twitter at Drew Martin. That's with me as well. And Drew. You wanted to continue the conversation, and we were talking about teams that have a legit chance in college basketball this season to make a run to the Final Four. Now, of course, I want to preface this by saying Cinderella's happen. If the, if the bracket breaks right, I mean, you could get a team outside the top 25. We get all that. We're not saying it's just um, the top 8 to 10 or or what have you. And, Drew, you even say the top 25, all the teams in the top 25 have a legit chance to make a run to the final four you wanted to expand on that drew
1: yeah i just i just first wanted to start you know starting with auburn my alma mater here they they, they started off the season what 15 and 0 and they are vastly better last year um and, and i just wanted to to kind of put that into reason. i think auburn has a a somewhat legitimate chance to make the final four not not one of the top 10 chances by any means unless uh Uh, You you know, some of the cast of characters from last year's squad comes back, but um, Jared Harper in particular running the point guard position. But I did want to just kind of mention here, look, look, Baylor, Gonzaga, Kansas, San Diego State's 21 and 0, Uh, Florida State. If you watch them play as athletic and long as they are, Louisville, the Dayton Flyers. I mean, we're going through the top 10 here, Sean, Duke, Seton Hall. All 10 of those not only can make it to the Final Four, in my opinion, can win the national championship. Oregon sitting at 11. I mean, seriously, go down this list, Sean. At what point do you name a team and say they can't make the Final Four? I mean, Colorado? I don't know. Maybe, but they still have <laughs> somewhat of a shot. You know what I mean?
4: Penn State, maybe, at 24. Uh, Lamar Stevens, I love them, but I, I don't think they have enough to make a Final Four run. But I get your point. It's well taken. It's well taken. I mean, Oregon, like Oregon, yeah, Seton Hall, yeah, yeah, these teams are all capable. I mean, Florida State, I mean, the top five, of course. Uh, I like Michigan State. They're, they're kind of like a sleeper team, I, I, I crazy as that may sound. with Cassius Winston, if they get Aaron Henry going, I, I know they, they got um, Rocket Watts now starting, uh, the freshman phenom, uh, Tillman on the inside, Xavier Tillman on the inside. They could make a run. I, I don't think anyone would be really that surprised at number 15 Right now, fifteen and five, if Michigan State makes a run. Even Maryland, the way Jalen Smith's playing, I mean he's a true uh, like lottery prospect right now, six foot ten, shooting threes the way he does from the outside and his inside game. He's living up to his billing as being a highly touted uh prospect coming in to the Terrapins and then they have Anthony Cowan at the guard position. He's been there forever, but they could make a run. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think the defense lacks a lot and they're inconsistent, especially when they play on the road, but Uh, I could see Maryland making a run if the bracket breaks properly. So, yeah, I mean, your point's well taken. And Iowa, too, we talked about Iowa. I could see them making a run, too. Um, So, uh, yeah, top 25 in play right now. Crazy. It's going to be a fun tournament to to watch coming up here for college basketball.
1: Yeah, and also keep in mind, like Auburn, one of the final four teams, they weren't ranked at this point in the season last year. So, some of these teams that are kind of on the outside.
4: I love Pritchard, the point guard. Yeah, Oregon, they're, they're, they're a team, too, that's dangerous.
1: Yeah, I mean, Memphis is down there. We got uh, Texas Tech not even ranked, I think. So those are some teams that if they're playing right, you know, Wisconsin, a team that we talked about. And keep in mind, if you have a really good point guard in college yeah. basketball, that goes a long way. So uh, watch the teams that really have good point guards. Also, Sean, not sure if we talked about it uh, and, and what you what you want to talk about next, but what about Rob Manford in this uh, yeah. this DH situation going on? In I hate
4: season? it. I hate it. And, and just to, to button up, the um, final four real quick. Uh, you know, FanDuel has uh, odds to make the final four, Drew. Gonzaga yeah. is the favorite, plus 125. Baylor, plus 135. Duke, plus 135. Kansas, plus 135. So those are the favorites. Louisville, plus 150. Michigan State at 15, plus 150. So not much of a sleeper, right, um, as we thought. Uh, Oregon, plus 200. Butler, we didn't talk about them, plus 300. If You, you have to go all the way down, right? Auburn. 500 plus 500 Florida State plus 500 you get some really good value if you're talking the way you are about how wide open it is and Iowa's a good play it's 10 to 1 right now to make the final four Uh, all the way down there a bunch of teams in front Kentucky uh, plus 500 so um, uh, if you want to bet on the final four right now there's some great value on FanDuel Sportsbook Drew
1: yeah, man, that Florida State at plus five hundred. I'm kind of surprised that's out there. Yeah, uh, that might be uh, worth worth a bet.
4: Exactly, I'm, I'm crazy. And all right, so we could talk about that uh, as the weeks move on here. But uh, you you mentioned that uh, Rob Manfred and and the report today coming out that they plan in 2021 to eliminate pitchers from hitting, basically extending the age the age to the National League. I hate it. I think it takes some strategy out of the game. Uh, um, I, I'm a big fa- I'm in favor of the pitcher hitting. Uh, I think the, the American League style it's too long. The games just drag on. Less strategy involved, and you know what? I'll live with the the pitcher hitting. They only hit like one and a half when you break it all down. One and a half times per game. They usually get pinch hit for a third at bat, right? So that's what we're really looking at. And I like the double switches. I, I like that. The manager has to think. All right, my starting pitcher's in the game right now. He's in the sixth inning. My bullpen, you know, I'm a little leery of my bullpen right now. I want to kind of push him uh, an inning more or two, but his, you know, his you know his place in the batting order is coming up, and and that might compromise things. And so I love the strategy that uh, is involved with the pitcher hitting. It's not the most, you know, I'm not going to over exaggerate how much strategy involved in that, but it's a little more than what you have in the American style. Uh, of play and the games have go on even longer in the american league now i guess they don't care about that the length of the games so I'm, I'm against it i wanted to see actually the national league style rules extended to the american league eliminate the dh but the union's too strong that's never going to happen and so i don't mention it much but uh here we are 2021 looks like the dh is coming to the national league
1: yeah i mean i just saw a report i almost didn't believe it and now i'm starting to think you know the, the last commissioner was Bud Selick, I believe was his name. Yes. And, yeah. and I never thought I would say this, but <laughs> I wish he was still the commissioner. I mean, oh. Rob Manford, he's just making bad, like, these decisions. And even I, – I, why need – what's the need to change? I don't get it. If, if you're a DH fan, you have the DH. If you're not a DH fan, you, you, got, you have the non-DH. It's great. And then you just play the home field. I thought it made for, like, great strategy overall and also – it made for when the teams played in the opposing team's stadium to have to play their rules. I thought that was a cool part of the game, man. And he, he's he's ruined that. He took away the All Star game, you know, mattering. I, I, I'm really starting to 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 not like this guy, Rob Manford, and the decision making that he's making, man. He's he's starting to become the worst commissioner in sports, in my opinion. I, yeah,
4: listen, this is a, a bad decision. I 100% agree. One of the reasons, and of course the union's pushing for it, so what will the league get back in return, right? So you got to think about that. Um, one of the reasons is the fact that the National League is 15 teams and then the American League is 15 teams. So what does that mean? That means we need to have uh, interleague play all season long. When Houston switched over, right, to go to the American League and uh, it created a lot of chaos because now you have 15 teams in each league and you have interleague play. What does that mean? Well, I mean, you have interleague play in September when the games really matter the most. And, uh, you know, teams would complain about that, right? You, you can't play your – if you're an American League team playing in a National League park, uh, you can't have one of your better hitters in the lineup. And if you do put them in the lineup, you're going to be compromised defensively. So I think that was one of the big complaints. Um, and so and, – and I get that. But, you know, you could work this out. Just try to uh, expand maybe uh, or move a team – from the American league to the national. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how they would work it out, but by instituting the DH in the national league, I, it kind of ruins things for me. I'm, I'm so against this and I'm upset about it. And uh, I was planning on bringing it up, bringing it up, but uh, you brought it up. So I guess we could talk more about it, but yeah, I'm with you, man. I hate it. And, and Manfred, has he done that bad of a job? Well, uh, uh, the Nike uniforms, I hate, I hate the big swish on the Yankee pinstripes that, that to me, that's disgusting. Um, so that's one of the lesser things I can think of. What else has he done? The
1: clock, I guess. Well, I mean, this, this whole cheating scandal. Happened yeah, his yeah. Watch, you know? yeah. To be fair, yeah, they,
4: when he came out, I thought he did a good job. I was like, oh, good, good. He, you know, he, he came down hard on the Astros, but you're right. In hindsight, you're right. He, he kind of did not do a good job with that. Yeah. A hundred percent agree.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, just overall, like grading out his, his, uh, overall tenure as the commissioner, I'm kind of ready for it to. To be over, you know, everybody's <laughs> talking about impeachment. Let's let's impeach uh, Rob Manson. His <laughs> yeah. Time is up, in my
4: opinion. I'm with you. Yeah. Good, good point. Good point. Yeah. The Astros cheating scandal Oh, the horrendous job in hindsight there. And as far as the all-star game is concerned, I'd like to see them do away with the all-star game and maybe institute a skills competition. I like the home run derby gets great ratings, but you need to incentivize oh, yeah. the players to participate in the home run derby. I don't want to see um, who, who's the first baseman or second baseman for the Dodgers uh, Muncie. I don't want to see him the, as much as he's a good player. Hey, come on, he's, he doesn't bring the star power you need. I want to see the big dogs, the heavy hitters in the home run derby. Whatever they need to do to incentivize those guys to partake, they need to do that and do away with the All-Star game because no one really cares about it anymore. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, uh, the, the baseball all-star game is the best all-star game in sports, in my opinion. It, now, granted, the way it sets up in the middle of the summer, it has no other competition. I personally liked when it mattered for home field advantage in the World Series. I thought that that added an extra di- dynamic. I guess some people didn't uh, to, to each his own, I guess. But it's just really cool. And it's the way the sport sets up in terms of you know you could play baseball really really hard and and, and give it your 100 percent and the chances of injury are a lot less than in yeah. in, in football and hockey and even basketball so it just sets up as a sport to have a great all-star game and uh, you're right man that home run derby it's one of the best things in sports i I, I don't mind even giving them more I know they get what like a, a Chevy Silverado <laughs> yeah. if they win uh, I'm sure they get more than that but, money uh, heck let's let, let's give them a million bucks you know something like that.
4: Yeah, I, yeah. Let's give him a million. I mean, what's the the amount they get right now? I think they upped it recently, but um, still not enough to get uh, Mike Trout to partake. And I, that's my one of the problems I have with Mike Trout. You know, I mean, can you compete in the home run derby at least once? You know, in your career, uh, at least Bryce Harper partook uh, last year, at least uh, two years ago. At least he did that when it was in Washington. Can Mike Trout give us that at least? I mean, that would be a big deal for baseball fans on the national stage. He's such a big star, and one of the problems I have with Mike Trout. But we need big big stars, not just Mike Trout. We need big stars in the Home Run Derby for it to be uh, a showcase of the greatest players in Major League Baseball. And uh, Manfred, yeah, uh, they're going to go to this, uh, I guess, DH for both leagues. And it's sad, you know, and and the fact that, you know, hitters, you know, people don't want to see pitchers hit. Right, and since they instituted the DH in the American League, in fact, the average, um, the average of a, a hitter, a uh, pitcher hitting, has gone down dramatically. If you look up the numbers, and that's people, you know, they they incentivize pitching more than hitting, and so they're going to concentrate on pitching, and then they're going to let their um, hitting skills wane because you know you're not paying Garrett Cole. Uh, he's an American League pitcher now, but I'm you know Jacob DeGrom, you're not paying him to hit paying him to to, to throw the ba- the baseball right so he's not going to concentrate on on his fundamentals and and, and on his hitting skills he's going to concentrate more on his pitching skills and so uh the average has gone down for for pitchers hitting in, in major League baseball since 1973 I think it was when the DH was instituted but yeah um just a bad look for baseball and, and I'll make this prediction right now drew the TV ratings the popularity of major League baseball will not change due to the DH now coming to the national league. Okay. I'll, I'll put, I'll put money on it. How much do you want to put on it? It's not going to make one damn difference in the popularity of baseball.
1: I'm 100% with you. It, it, I actually like watching NL games more than AL. So uh, I, I think that it's overrated, that it's a more exciting thing. If, if we have DH overall, I, I, I don't think it will, will help
4: at all, man. All right, Drew, Great take on that. And uh, good job bringing that up. Uh, it's going to wait a little bit later, but uh, great that you brought that up. Uh Best bet time, I want to talk about Zion Williamson, yes. The stud, that's next here in At the Window.
5: Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required.
0: Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. Dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
4: Wrapping things up here on Out the Window on the SportsGrid TV network. Up next, game time decisions with Gabe Marenzi and Cam Stewart. I'm sure they'll have an update on Mr. Peanut. I don't know if you heard, Drew, but Mr. Peanut they have suspended the ad campaign where he dies. Um, I guess they were going to show his funeral during the Super Bowl in the third quarter, but they have put that on pause now, in light of Kobe Bryant's passing. So, uh, good good job by those who run the ad campaign to not kill off Mr. Peanut after what happened with Kobe. It's just not a, not the right time for that.
1: Oh, no, no. Good props to them on uh, making that change and. Uh... We'll have to wait a little bit longer on Mr. Peanut, Sean.
4: Yeah, and find out why Wesley Snipes is in that video. I'm sure Gabe's all over that. He's been all over that. I'm sure he'll have uh, information uh, much more on game time decisions. Kim Stewart as well coming up in a couple of minutes. All right, Drew. Uh, Zion Williamson, real quick, uh, not playing tonight, the Pelicans, but his prop, 14.5 points for the first two games, 15.5 points. Last night, he's gone over in all three. So 3-0 and to the over for Zion Williamson's points prop and that's um note noteworthy because i've won each and every time betting on the over for zion his minutes have increased up to 27 last night 21 and 11 he's becoming the player i thought he would be he is a stud future hall of famer loves zion williamson only going to get better from here um that's just i don't really have a question for you i just wanted to make that known um through uh tonight's card you looking at anything in the nba what's your best bet of the night drew
1: i love it you bring up zion williamson and future hall of famer only yeah oh
4: yeah i said that before he played baby yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's trying to have the
1: confidence man (laughs) oh yeah going out out in front of that one i I like it sean but um looking at a game here 9 p.m eastern start talking about uh kansas versus oklahoma state in the big 12 number three ranked kansas primetime game watch and win on ESPN2 looking towards the Cowboys at home with the changes uh thinking uh Oklahoma State plus the seven and a half is worth a look here with Kansas on the road and uh without some talent on the roster due to sus- due to suspension Sean
4: all right we'll look forward to that real quick for me I'm looking at the NBA card if Jimmy Butler Hendrick Nunn if they both play they're both questionable the heat tonight at home lay the six points against the Magic. If they don't play, go somewhere else with your best bet. Drew, thank you. Up next, Game Time Decisions.
2: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
0: I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.